Everyone knows the old saying, a diamond is forever. It used to be that shoppers would head to the mall and visit a big jewelry store, Zales or maybe Tiffany or a local chain, where they'd look at the glass cases and talk with the salespeople about carrots and cuts. They'd save up and make a big purchase, a diamond necklace for mom or a diamond ring for a fiancé. Then came the recession, and that kind of excessive spending to signal wealth crashed along with Lehman Brothers and the market. Slowly but surely, jewelry is coming back into fashion. Globally, jewelry is a $175 billion industry that will likely reach almost $300 billion in 2020. But it doesn't look the same. Remember this? What's a 13-letter phrase for marriage proposal? I have absolutely no idea. He went to Jared. He went to Jared. Jared has thousands of loose diamonds and hundreds of settings, so you can create your one-of-a-kind ring at Jared's. The Galleria. So, Kim, you recently made a big jewelry purchase. Yes, a diamond engagement ring. Did you go to Jared? I most certainly did not. I went with my wife to a boutique downtown to pick out a unique design. Well, Kim and his wife aren't the only ones skipping trips to the mall and visits to chain jewelers in favor of something a little more special. I'm Lindsay Rupp, here today with a special guest host. I'm Kim Basine. Today on Material World, we're taking a look at how millennial shoppers are causing a big shakeup in the world of jewelry. They want customized items. They want to look for them online. And the times in life where they typically buy them have changed. lot about clothes, and millennials have turned away from logos. The idea of wearing stuff from one brand just isn't cool anymore. They want to build their own custom look. That's true in jewelry, too. More than ever, shoppers are looking for ways to express their personality and values. That's allowing for a lot of little upstarts to enter the jewelry industry. It's pretty fragmented. The 10 biggest chains only control 12% of global spending according to McKinsey. And those little chains can serve individual interests and niches. Uh, my name's Nate, Nate Tate. And um, I, I'm Mary Kate Tate. Yeah, she's my it, sister. <laughs> the Tates founded Reby Jewelry, an online boutique that gives customers a look into the mines and farms their pieces come from. I think the, the reason we actually started, I, we both lived in China for a few years. We came back from China. I walked into a J. Crew, and I looked around and I saw they had all these pearls and, you know, all these gemstones. And I looked closer and they were plastic and glass and the pearls were fake and they were still like 180 bucks. And I thought after my time in China and seeing what I had seen there, I knew we could bring affordable jewelry that was using real stones. And also we could go to the source and make sure that everything was ethically um, sourced and produced. And, and also as we were figuring this out, we realized that there was such an awesome story to tell, showing people, you know, showing them where the pearls come from, showing them where the stones come from, showing them how it's made. And that I think goes back to when we were kids, we grew up with our dad in the Air Force. So we moved around a lot and we would collect jewelry and, and things to keep that had stories behind them, you know, and culture behind the design. 
And we wanted to tell that. We wanted to bring that to all the pieces. You know, we don't think jewelry should just be something pretty. In our culture right now, especially, is just the self-expression and the jewelry. You get to show off your self-expression and to have multiple things that you can wear with different things allows you to show your show your style in different ways if you can if you can only buy a few pieces of rubies or diamonds you can't have the collection you can't have the jewelry box that's you know eclectic and can show off who you are that's a big deal a quarter of shoppers surveyed by bain said they were interested in online jewelry customization options for jewelers that's an opportunity to sell more pieces Take stacking rings, for example. We call them stacking rings. They just are rings that you stack one on top of the other. You know, instead of wearing one ring on a finger, you can put one on top of another. That's Roni Vardy. She founded Catbird, a jewelry boutique in Brooklyn, in 2004. You only have 10 fingers, and only some of them look good with rings. And if you really like jewelry, you're going to just start putting one on top of the other. It just sort of looks good, personalizing it and having it look different than the person right next to you, even if they're buying similar rings, using your existing your existing pieces. It's really nice to mix with like bigger vintagier things that we don't sell. And I do this personally at moments in time. You know, I've given my niece graduation presents and it's a ring and they add it to their stack. Or I've seen people do it when they have babies or even when they get married aside from their wedding ring, just these moments in time. And if you're doing it at those moments, you really can look at your hands and, and be like, oh, that's the one I got when, you know, even when my father passed away. I, I wear a ring for my father when he passed away. And it, it means something. It's not just like a T-shirt. Roni is thriving by designing and selling things she'd want to wear. Stuff that's timeless, but also easily personalized. I've always loved jewelry, but I was always drawn towards small, easy things. I'm, I've always been a very like casual and unfussy dresser, so I wanted to always wear things that I wouldn't take off, that wouldn't get in my way. Um, solid gold is nice that way because you could just put it on and never worry about it. It's a little bit more expensive, of course, but it lasts longer, so in a way it's even less fussy than anything else. Um, so I really started designing things that I wanted to wear, that I wanted to give to people, just really easy, simple pieces that I was really having a hard time finding myself. For younger customers especially, jewelry is an easy way to express a unique style without investing a lot of money. But that's bad news for big chains like Tiffany and Zales that rely on popular designs and people following traditions like buying diamond engagement rings. They're scrambling to stock the right stuff in the right places. Last quarter at Tiffany, growth in fashion and designer jewelry helped boost revenue to $959.7 million during the second quarter, even though sales of wedding rings underperformed. Yeah, and Signet, which owns Kay, Jared, and Zales, said it's closing a lot of its stores and malls and instead moving them to where young people like to shop. It also bought an online startup jewelry chain to connect to younger customers. We talked with our Bloomberg colleague, Stephanie Wong, who covers luxury retailers about the challenges facing these companies. Big jewelry companies want to sell the fashion variety. It makes more profit for them than the more expensive types. But it isn't their bread and butter. But I think a lot of these companies, like Tiffany, needs the expensive jewelry to help with their brands, right? And in the past few years, they haven't come up with any new attractive designs. 
just not enough innovation. I was I was speaking to the CEO of uh, the Diamonds Producers Association recently, and he's talking about how the diamond industry or retail industry are, are quite behind in luring customers to buy the products because they, they haven't invested enough in marketing. And um, in the past, they always just, you know, obviously the bigger the diamonds, better, and they have the shoppers to focus on certificates and verify the quality but instead he said that we they should really focus on just telling the story i mean telling the history of how diamonds are formed and uh, so to create emotional attachment you know with diamonds and that's very important and the, he admitted that the industry is quite behind on that Brighter Leo Diamond, Tolkowski, the first ever ideal cut diamond, and our very own Now and Forever collection. You'll find all three only at K, the number one jewelry store for. Yes, every kiss begins with K. Every kiss may begin with K, but your stacking ring collection certainly doesn't. Not only do shoppers want unique pieces, when they're buying something that's a little more precious or traditional, like a diamond, they want to know where it came from. For instance, they want to know that it's conflict-free. That opens up a lot of options for jewelry companies. Here's Catbird's Roni Vardy. A lot of people do want alter- alternatives so they could just rest easy and not have any question in their mind. And that is where lab-created diamonds can come in and alter sapphires, emeralds, opals, all that kind of stuff. Um, people really love it. And here's Reeby's Mary-Kate Tate. We think that it's the story behind it that it's what's really beautiful. So if you know that a piece is ethically made, that's really beautiful. And it's something that you wear, it's something you carry with you, it should represent your values. And that was a driving force for why we started Reeby. It's also about convenience. A lot of sales are shifting toward the internet which right now only accounts for a small portion of retailer sales. 10 to 15% of fashion jewelry is going to be bought online by 2020, according to McKinsey. If you're a company like Rebe, that's great, because the internet allows you to reach a customer with a unique story. I think, you know, people are always going to go to, especially for fine jewelry, in, in diamonds, I think they're always going to want to go to the store and, and see it in person. I know there is a trend right now for online sales for fine jewelry. I don't think that's ever going to take over and people are only going to buy diamonds online because that's just such a huge investment. But for um, bridge jewelry like ours, higher-end fashion jewelry, there's definitely a trend for people to buy it online. And online is a great place where people can tell the story behind it. There's quite a few brands now that are really that do that. Yeah, I mean, we see it in, in fashion with, you know, there's, of course, Everlane, you know, telling the story about behind your your clothing. And, you know, we thought, why don't we tell the story behind your accessories and your ju- jewelry? We, we're definitely taking advantage of the, like how a website you can you can show videos and pictures and tell the stories behind each piece. Um, but I think other people are doing that as well. Reby and other jewelry startups have found a lot of success selling jewelry online which bucks the conventional wisdom that customers want to see and try pieces in person before they buy. Reby wants to tell stories to connect with shoppers. They use videos to take shoppers behind the scenes at places like their sustainable pearl farm in China. To find the best pearls and support local craftsmen, we traveled to a rural Chinese village where sustainable pearl farming is a high art. 
Farmers respect the earth and recycle by using plastic bottles to tether the oysters. Mr. Zhang took us out on his boat to show us how the pearls are farmed. In Chinese, the name for pearl is treasure bee, and it kind of goes along with this is almost like a treasure box, nature's treasure box. But as Catbird's Roni noted, sometimes people still want that in-store service. We have um, one retail store and I have a wedding annex, which is um, a, really an annex of the store. The, it was hard to accommodate wedding customers in the busy store. Um, but yes, most of the sales are online. But honestly, it's not as big of a difference as you would think. It's they, The store and the website really dovetail. They really work hand in hand. People come into the store, even if they're from far away, they'll travel and come in and look at everything and then go home and order online. Or vice versa, they will have walked in the store and you can you know instantly they've looked at everything online, read every word on the website, and then placed the order in the store. So they work together and we're not didactic about tracking it because it's all the same. It's one business. I think that for me personally, because I have a store, because I have a physical location, I think people are a little bit more comfortable ordering things online. They, there's some accountability there. If you're really, really upset or mad, you know there are people there. There's not some, you know, office high in the sky that you can't ever find anyone. So jewelry stores are still relevant, and we've talked about the drive for bespoke jewelry and the need to have a great online store to make shopping easier. But there's another major consumer change that's hitting jewelry where it hurts. People like me just aren't getting hitched as young as they once did. Yeah, I think one of the problems is fewer and fewer people are getting married. That's our colleague Stephanie again. Statistics show that half of Americans are getting married compared to 70% in 1960. So that's quite a big difference there. Tiffany said there are fewer people buying engagement rings now. Their sales actually boosted by fashion jewelry, so mid-priced products. Um, same thing's happening at Signet as well. My wife and I decided on a traditional diamond engagement ring. But a lot of couples, when they do get engaged, are buying different stones that are more unique and often cheaper. Or they want something customized. There are no rules anymore about wedding rings. If you love it, buy it. Get it. Be happy. Like It just is not all about a certain price point or a certain kind of stone. It's just, I think that that has gone out the window definitely for my customers, for sure. So millennials are throwing the jewelry industry for a loop. They want something personal, they want to browse online, and they want to mix and match more, cheaper pieces. There's more pressure than ever for these traditional retailers to figure out how to make their stores work with their websites, like Catbird. Yeah, I mean, I'm realizing I might never make a purchase at an old school big jeweler like Kay or Zales or even Tiffany. They're really struggling to catch up to this trend of customization and I'm not in the market for fine jewelry right now, but I am willing to spend a lot less on timeless pieces that I can mix and match for years. Right. Small, web-savvy companies are cashing in on this trend toward personalization. It's this convenient online shopping that they want. And they're not so reliant on wedding jewelry. Engagement rings are great, 
But fashion jewelry is higher margin for retailers, and people buy more of it more often. So he didn't go to Jared. He went to Catbird. That's it for this episode of Material World. Thanks for listening. For more Material World, find us on Apple Podcasts, Bloomberg, and wherever you listen to shows like this. You can also check out other cool Bloomberg podcasts like Game Plan, all about the do's and don'ts of office culture. For more on fashion and pop culture, follow me at Kim Basine, and Lindsay is at LC Rupp. To read more about luxury retail and beauty, follow Stephanie Wong at Stephanie Wong HK. You can check out Catbird's latest designs on Instagram at CatbirdNYC and Reby's at Reby New York. Material World is produced by Magnus Henriksen and Liz Smith. We'll be back in two weeks. The graveyard of resell, uh, resold engagement rings is pretty mighty.